0: of the bore you to sleep podcast is going to come from a book by Peter Kropotkin the book is called The Conquest of Bread and it was written in 1906 hopefully you enjoy it and it makes you feel sleepy and if you do please jump into the podcast app leave a rating leave a comment In the meantime, sit back and enjoy the episode. Conquest of Bread by Peter Kropotkin, author of Fields, Factories and Workshops, The Memoirs of a Revolutionist, etc. The Preface of the Book One of the current objections to communism and socialism altogether is that the idea is so old and yet it has never been realised. Schemes of ideal states haunted the thinkers of ancient Greece. Later on, the early Christians joined in communist groups. Centuries later, Large communist brotherhoods came into existence during the reform movement. Then the same ideals were revived during the great English and French revolutions. And finally, quite lately, in 1848, a revolution inspired to a great extent. With socialist ideals took place in France and yet you see we are told how far away is still the realization of your schemes don't you think that there is some fundamental error in your understanding of human nature and its needs At first sight, this objection seems very serious, however, the moment we consider human history more attentively, it loses its strength. We see, first, that hundreds of millions of men have succeeded in maintaining amongst themselves in their village communities for many hundreds of years one of the main elements of socialism the common ownership of the chief instrument of production the land and the apportionment of the same according to the labor capacities of the different families and we learn that if the communal possession of the land has been destroyed in Western Europe, it was not from within, but from without by the governments which created a land monopoly in favor of the nobility and the middle classes. We learn moreover That the medieval cities succeeded in maintaining in their midst for several centuries in succession a certain socialized organization of production and trade. That these centuries were periods of a rapid intellectual, industrial and artistic progress while the decay of these communal institutions came mainly from the incapacity of men of combining the village with the city the peasant with the citizen so as jointly to oppose the growth of the military states which destroyed the free cities the history of mankind thus understood, does not offer, then, an argument against communism. It appears, on the contrary, as a succession of endeavours to realise some sort of communist organisation, endeavours which were crowned here and there with a partial success of a certain duration and all we are authorised to conclude is that mankind has not yet found the proper form for combining on communistic principles agriculture with a suddenly developed industry and a rapidly growing international trade. The latter appears especially as disturbing an element, since it is no longer individuals only or cities that enrich themselves by distant commerce and export, but whole nations grow rich at the cost of those nations which lag behind in their industrial development. These conditions which began to appear by the end of the 18th century, took, however, their full development in the 19th century only, after the Napoleonic Wars came to an end, and modern communism has to take them into account. It is now known that the French Revolution apart from its political significance was an attempt made by the French people in 1793 and 1794, in three different directions more or less akin to socialism. It was first the equalization of fortunes, which means of an income tax and succession duties, both heavily progressive as also by a direct confiscation of the land in order to subdivide it, and by heavy war taxes levied upon the rich only. The second attempt was a sort of municipal communism as regards the consumption Of some objects of first necessity brought by the municipalities and sold them at cost price. And the third attempt was to introduce a wide national system of rationally established prices of all commodities for which the real cost of production and moderate trade profits had to be taken into account. The convention worked hard at this scheme and had nearly completed its work when reaction took the upper hand. It was during this remarkable movement which has never yet been properly studied that modern socialism was born. Furiism with Leange at Lyons', and authoritarian communism with Bunarotti, Babouf and their comrades. And it was immediately after the Great Revolution that the three great theoretical founders of modern socialism: Furia St. Simon and Robert Owen as well as Godwin came forward while the secret communist societies originated from those of Bornerotti and Babouf gave their stamp to militant authoritarian communism for the next 50 years to be correct then we must say that modern socialism is not yet a hundred years old, and that for the first half of those hundred years, two nations only, which stood at the head of the industrial movement, i.e. Britain and France, took part in its elaboration, both bleeding at the time from the terrible wounds Inflicted upon them by 15 years of Napoleonic Wars, and both enveloped in the great European reaction that had come from the East. In fact, it was only after the Revolution of July 1830 in France and the Reform Movement of 1830 to 1832 in this country had begun to shake off that terrible reaction that the discussion of socialism became possible for a few years before the revolution of 1848 and it was during those years that the aspirations of FURIA Saint Simon and Robert Owen worked out by their followers, took a definite shape, and the different schools of socialism, which exist nowadays, were defined. In Britain, Robert Owen and his followers worked out their schemes of communist villages, agricultural and industrial at the same time. Immense cooperative associations were started for creating with their dividends more communist colonies and the great Consolidated Trades Union was founded the forerunner of both the Labour Parties of our days and the International Working Men's Association. In France, the furious Considerant issued his remarkable manifesto which contains beautifully developed all the theoretical considerations upon the growth of capitalism which are now described as scientific socialism Proudhon worked out his idea of anarchism and mutualism without state interference Louis Blanc published his Organisation of Labour, which became later on the Programme of La Salle. in France and Lorenz Stein in Germany further developed in two remarkable works, published in 1846 and 1847 respectively the theoretical conceptions of considerant, and finally, vidal and especially procure, developed in detail the system of collectivism, which the former wanted, the National Assembly of 1848, to vote in the shape of laws. However, there is one feature common to all socialist schemes of that period which must be noted the three great founders of socialism who wrote at the dawn of the 19th century were so entranced by the wide horizons which it opened up before them that they looked upon it as a new revelation and upon themselves as upon the founders of a new religion. Socialism had to be a religion and they had to regulate its march as the heads of a new church. Besides, writing during that period of reaction which had followed the French Revolution, and seeing more its failures than its successes, they did not trust the masses, and they did not appeal to them, for bringing about the changes, which they thought necessary. They put their faith, on the contrary, into some great ruler, some socialist Napoleon, he would understand the new revelation. He would be convinced of its desirability by the successful experiments of their phalansteries or associations, and he would peacefully accomplish by his own authority the revolution which would bring well-being and happiness to mankind. A military genius, Napoleon, had just been ruling Europe. Why should not a social genius come forward, carry Europe with him, and translate the new gospel into life? That faith was rooted very deep. And it stood for a long time in the way of socialism. Its traces are even seen amongst us, down to the present day. It was only during the years 1840 to 48, when the approach of the revolution was felt everywhere. And the proletarians were beginning to to plant the banner of Socialism on the barricades. That faith in the people began to enter once more the hearts of the social schemers. Faith on the one side in Republican democracy and on the other side in free association in the organizing powers of the working men themselves. But then came the revolution of February, 1848, the middle class republic and with it shattered hopes. Four months only after the proclamation of the republic, the June insurrection of the Paris proletarians broke out and it was crushed in blood. The wholesale shooting of the working men, the mass deportations to New Guinea, and finally the Napoleon coup d'etat followed. The socialists were prosecuted with fury, and the weeding out was so terrible and so thorough that for the next 12 or 15 years, the very traces of socialism disappeared. Its literature vanished so completely that even names once so familiar before 1848 were entirely forgotten. Ideas which were then current, the stock ideas of the socialists before 1848, were so wiped out as to be taken later on by our generation for new discoveries however when a new revival began about 1866 when communism and collectivism once more came forward it appeared that the conception as to the means of their realization had undergone a deep change the old faith in political democracy was dying out and the first principles upon which the Paris working men agreed with the British trade unionists and owners when they met in 1862 and 1864 at London was that the emancipation of the working men must be accompanied by the working men themselves. Upon another point, they also were agreed. It was that the labour unions themselves would have to get hold of the instruments of production and organise production themselves. The French idea of the furist and the Mutualist Association thus joined hands with Robert Owen's idea of the great Consolidated Trades Union, which was extended now so as to become the International Working Men's Association. Again, this new revival of socialism lasted but a few years. Soon came the War of 1870 to 1871 the uprising of the Paris Commune and again the free development of socialism was rendered impossible in France. But while Germany accepted now from the hands of its German teachers Marx and Engels the socialism of the French 48ers that is the socialism of Considerant and Louis Blanc and the collectivism of Picure France made a further step forward that is the reading from tonight's episode of the Boy You To Sleep podcast I hope you enjoyed it and I do hope that you're feeling a little bit sleepy I look forward to bringing you more episodes and if you feel like listening to another episode tonight Please feel free to do so. Until next time. Good night.